Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy. And I'm Taylor Rowe. Today's episode, we dove into a topic about really about short-term and, and long-term marketing efforts. Uh, we look at this as kind of sales activation and sales activities um, that are typically placed on the shoulders of the marketing department uh, to, to make happen and to kickstart some of those sales activities. Um, and then longer-term brand building sort of activities. So what is the right you know, mixture uh, of those two types of strategies? How should you implement that at, at your organization? And what are we seeing the category leading B2B organizations doing and, and doing really well? So uh, we dove into a couple of good topics and examples um, that I hope you guys should enjoy. So as always, uh, please give us a like on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, subscribe to the podcast if you want to hear more episodes. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we have a great topic today. Um, what we wanted to dive into is uh, brand building versus sales activation. So, Sammy, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Obviously, we we both work with you know a lot of different companies. Probably you know in the last year, probably had conversations with you know hundreds of different CEOs and and marketing directors and people within the marketing department. Um, and I think this is a pretty common thread that comes up or pretty common request of, um, you know, the marketing departments under the gun to generate sales uh, and generate sales in a short amount of time. Right. And a lot of times by the time, you know, they reach out to a, a marketing agency or a consultancy, um, it's almost like a Hail Mary. Right. It's almost a little bit too late. Uh, and we say, hey, you know, what can you do from a marketing perspective? Uh, and you explain all these different things that can be done. Uh, and then, you know, the, the answer is yes, we do need to do all this, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 50% behind my lead quota for the, you know, the month. So what can we do over the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days? And so what I want to understand and what I want to get your thoughts on is, uh, as B2B marketers, how much effort should we be putting towards those performance-based marketing campaigns, those short-term lead building or lead generating campaigns? Versus, let's say, uh, a brand building campaign that, um, you know, everyone knows and, and agrees that certainly takes a lot longer. So how do you first differentiate those two ideas of, um, you know, sales activation or versus brand building? Um, and what do you think the, the correct percentage is in terms of where to spend your efforts? Yeah, I think, you know, for, uh, to differentiate between what sales activation and brand building, the the, the basic premise for sales activation is, any sort of campaigns that are designed to just drive leads, right? Uh, immediate prospects that are actively looking for whatever the product or service that you have to offer, right? And you would be leveraging any sort of channels um, that are more buyer intent oriented channels, right? Mostly search uh, would be probably one that you would consider more of a platform you would use for that. And then the brand building aspect of it is more of a long-term strategy in terms of building a recognizable brand in the marketplace uh, for your category or your business, right? And that means anything and everything that you would have to do to build a strong brand presence, which might involve sponsoring uh, conferences and, and hosting your own user conference and having your own publication and maybe having your own podcast, any sort of things that you would do that may not have any short-term short ROI to show, show forth, but has an Im immense impact on your business as a whole, because people will recognize you as an industry leader in the marketplace. The other ones are basically copycats that are trying to do what you do, right? Most of that. 
So there's a place in, for both. Uh, and I'm not opposed to the idea of doing um, you know, sales activation campaign. I think you need to have investment in that so you can feed your uh, your reps with a, you know quality prospects and leads, and you do, you do need to make your quota, and you need to be investing into that. But if all your focus is just on the short term and figuring out, well, I'm not seeing immediate ROI, so I'm going to switch my strategy, change my platform, trying to go test LinkedIn ads because Google ads isn't working for me, right? So I think before you even select which one, I mean, to give, give you an answer of if I, how I would split it, I would say about 60-40 almost, like 60% of your energy should be spent on building a very strong brand and then 40% yeah. should be spent on uh, on the sales activation efforts. And and you do need to be t- doing testing and optimization and everything on the sales activation, but that's how I would I would probably switch, uh, split my budget. But before you even jump into even looking at how do, you, how do we even go about it, I would think you need to look at you as a business and the industry that you're in are even an established market with an existing demand for your product offering or service. Do people know the problem that you're trying to solve for? Are people aware of the different alternative options to solve that business challenge? And are people actively looking for solutions like yours? All of those questions need to be answered before you even decide, hey, can I just invest into into sales activation or brand building in that 60-40 model that I've described? The reason being, um, there are a lot of different things that causes people to choose a product or decide to use a solution. Because, um, you know, depending on the industry that you're in or the product that you offer, there's a lot of things that goes into making people go look for a solution, right? So, for example, let's say if, the, if you're thinking about, you know, what creates demand for a product offering or a service or a business, there's a lot of factors. There could be external factors like, uh, you know, legislative changes or industry trends or all sorts of things that can create a demand for a product where maybe a lot of short-term brand, you know, sales activation campaign can have an immense impact on your business because you're capturing all those active buyers looking for what you have to offer. But then in the long term, that demand may slow down because that legis- people have already adopted the legislation or people already adopted a product or a brand, and then they're not, they don't have the pain anymore and they're, they're not actively looking. But if you really need to be creating a strong market presence and capture more of that demand, capture more of that uh, customer base or the addressable market, you can't just look at that in-market active buyers. You also need to think about the out-of-market buyers who are not actively thinking about using your product, but really educating the entire addressable market about the pain, the problem, and the solutions that are available and why you as the company is the, the right solution for that, that particular problem or that, uh, the companies that you're trying to sell to. Uh, and that's where essentially that 60% of your energy should be spent uh, almost then 97% of the addressable market that may not be actively in the market to buy. So yeah. I don't know if that gives a long-winded answer, but it, that's how it I is. Would. Yeah. And there's a lot in there. So I want to just kind of, you know, uh, dissect a little bit of that. So the first thing you mentioned um, that 60, basically kind of 60, 40 rule, um, you know, I agree with that. I think obviously it's hard to put a blanket statement on something like that. Um, probably because of, you know, the very next point that you made, which is, um, you know, how much existing demand is there? Um, so I think that 60, 40 rule works if there's enough existing demand that you can capture that existing demand. Because I think what happens is if you take that as a blanket statement of, you know, 40% of our efforts are going to be spent on, you know, sales activation, performance-based marketing. Um, that's great. But what if, you know, if this is a new product, a new service, you know, I guess how how vastly different is your offering compared to the existing market, right? Is this a, you know, competitor to whoever is the industry leader? Are you already the industry leader? 
Um, is this a competing alternative or a new way to do business that you have to educate the market? Is this completely new, basically kind of invention, right? Are you creating a new software or uh, a new process in terms of, you know, manufacturing or whatever it may be, where there's not a lot of awareness, right? If there's not a lot of awareness and awareness and demand also, you know, is not necessarily the same thing when it comes to when we're talking about digital marketing, right? When we talk about existing demand, um, we're not necessarily saying like, is there a need in the, in the market, right? We're not talking about, you know, we're in a shark tank pitch, right? And they're saying like, hey, there's a demand for this. We're talking about demand that you can look at active search volume, for example, on Google, right? Are, is, there, is there proof that people are actively searching for a solution for this, meaning that they're, they have a need for it? Um, so obviously, if you are creating a product, and you're trying to go to market or you have a service that you're trying to go to market, you believe there is a demand for what you have to offer. So there could be a, a scenario, for example, where there's demand and there's a need for this product, but people are already set in their ways and they already, they're already using something or using a vendor. Maybe there's already a number one player in the space and you're trying to introduce a competing alternative to that, but there's no search volume online because people are just already using whatever they're using, right? They're not looking for anything else because they're they're happy with the status quo. So that's kind of a scenario where I would look at that and say, there's not a ton of existing demand for us to put 40% of our efforts towards that, right? And what happens, what I see a lot of companies doing is saying, let's put 40% of our efforts towards the short-term and they mix up the short-term uh, KPIs with long-term brand building activities. For example, we'll spend that money that, you know, what we believe is that 40% on a channel like social media, Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, something along those lines, doing some PR efforts, doing, you know, sponsorships. And now we're expecting those to turn into leads and sales. So we're doing, you know, lead gen ads, or we're trying to go directly to a demo of our software. We're trying to book a, you know, request for quote or something like that. We're jumping, jumping the gun too early. So to me, those are long-term brand building activities and channels. And we're trying to associate that with, hey, we need leads and sales tomorrow. So let's just spend more money and try to you know, stir something up that's not necessarily there. And then the other thing you mentioned kind of about external factors, I think is, is interesting as well. And we've seen that in the last you know, 18 months, you look at something like Zoom, like Zoom always existed, um, not always, but you know, Zoom has been around for you know, companies like us who have been doing remote meetings and virtual meetings and all those kind of things. Um, but not everyone was doing that. So it's not that there wasn't a demand for this type of product, video conferencing software, whatever that may be. But what you notice is, you know, when the pandemic hit, when everyone was look, when all of a sudden there was a huge increase in actual demand, you know, I would venture to say that probably the, yes, the search volume for video conferencing software certainly increased, but I guarantee you that more people went directly to Zoom or search for Zoom uh, because they had already established themselves as the brand leader. And that's kind of really the epitome of what we're talking about here is you need to focus on building brand long-term. You know, everything we talk about in life is all about long-term. You talk about investing strategies or whatever. It's like the, whoever can invest for long-term is, is always going to win out. And the companies that we see winning in terms of, you know, growth, long-term growth, sustainability, that are really doing a great job with their marketing, that have the lowest, actually lowest cost of acquisition and the fastest sales cycles are the ones that are, you know, spending money and spending efforts on brand building for the long-term. 
So it's like the longer you can invest in spend money uh, in your efforts without seeing a return, essentially, the better returns you're going to get in the long run. Um, so a couple of things I wanted to point out in that to kind of prove that point is we did a little bit of research and looked at some major brands in major categories um, and look at what the existing demand, right, is for that those pieces. And these are all software companies. So if you think about some of the biggest software that are out there for businesses, ERP systems, CRMs, marketing technology, those are kind of three big categories that companies are, you know, heavy capital expenditures and almost every business has an ERP system and a CRM. And obviously a lot of businesses now are realizing they need some sort of marketing software as well. Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Businesses go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms. Talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day. So if you look at the existing search volume on a monthly basis, this is just in the US um, for the search term marketing automation uh, and the search term marketing software combined, uh, those two searches have a little less than 9,000 searches a month. So there's a lot of search volume, right? 9,000 searches a month. So if I, you know, if today when IMS, if we came out with a marketing automation software, we could do research and we could say, hey, we want to show up when someone searches for marketing automation software. We're going to spend money on Google ads. You know, it's looks like it's uh, about $50 a click for marketing automation, $25 a click for marketing automation software. But let's just say, hey, we want to capture a percentage of that demand. This is where a lot of companies would spend their money on Google ads because there is people searching for marketing automation, marketing, marketing automation software. And... I think the problem is, is that that will work because there's enough search volume. And if you can spend the money and if your average cost of acquisition is lower than your you know, lifetime value of the customer, average contract value in that you know, first year, whatever that is, if you can do that math, that will work. And you'll look at that and say, okay, short term, this is better than long term. So we're just going to keep and you'll continuously do that over and over and you'll spend that money. And it's just always going to get more expensive. Uh, because the cost of click is going to go up, there's going to be more competition. And eventually you're going to be squeezed out because let's say, for example, we are willing to pay as much as we can for marketing automation software, that search term. If you go to Google and search for marketing automation software, you're going to see HubSpot, Marketo, Pardot, and then you're going to see, you know, Taylor's marketing automation software. So how many customers do you think we're going to get if that's our strategy, right? Like, yes, we are showing up. Yes, we are getting clicks. People are going to click on them. They're going to go do evaluations. But those big companies are going to win 
those deals because they may never even reach out to me and never even fill out my form because they may not even click on my ad because they know those other, there's brand recognition there. There's trust. Even if, you know, if this is the first time you're evaluating marketing automation software, I guarantee you've heard of one of those companies, right? To prove it, you look at that and you say, okay, there's about 9,000 searches a month for those search terms combined. Uh, there's 207,000 searches a month for people searching for HubSpot, right? And I just mentioned there's HubSpot, there's Eloqua, there's Parda. You know, Parda, there's Marketo, there's all these different you know companies that are doing the exact same thing, right? So 207,000 people are searching for HubSpot. So if you look at HubSpot, right, they kind of invented that term marketing automation software, inbound marketing, you know, inbound marketing software, any of those kind of things. But if you, if they were to just sit back and they would have focused on just capture that existing demand, they would never be the you know billion dollar company that they are today because they had to create that. They had to create that demand through educational content creation. They had to teach the market how to properly do marketing and in sense, then drive demand for their product. That's going to make it easier for you to do marketing. So if you look at that and you look at a couple of other examples, go to Google and you search for ERP system, ERP software. There's a lot of existing demand, 50,000 searches a month for ERP system. There's 150,000 searches a month for SAP, which is obviously, you know, one of the leading, if not the leading ERP software. So again, there's more, there's more demand. There's, you know, three times the amount of demand for that company's name because they've gone and built that brand and built that brand affinity. CRM, same thing. You go to Google and search for CRM. We already talked about HubSpot. There's 207,000 searches a month. CRM, there's about 170,000 searches a month. For Salesforce, there's almost 600,000 searches a month. Every single month in the US, people searching for Salesforce. So what you want to do as a company is be that go-to. It doesn't matter what your niche is, right? We're talking about extreme examples. If you're a small niche category in terms of your software, if you're a manufacturing company and there's only you know, 10 competitors, that's even better for you because now all they got to do is be the number one out of 10. Like you want to be that number one go-to player in your space. Again, that's going to accelerate the rest of that sales process. And it's not to say that you shouldn't invest into, you know, if I'm a, you know, I'm a custom metal fabricator, right? It's not that, yes, I want the majority of people to just know who I am, come to my website. But I also want, if the, that person goes to Google and they search for custom metal fabrication companies, I want to be up there in the top of the ads. I want to be up there in the top of the organic results. I want to be there in the local listings pack if we're, if we're you know, located near wherever that person is searching. Because now those other two, three competitors that are showing up, maybe they never heard of them and maybe they've heard of us. And so now they're going to come to us. So that's where, when I say brand acts as an accelerant through the rest of that sales process, that's the first step of that is getting someone to reach out. And so all we're trying to do as marketers is create more opportunities for our salespeople and generating a list of leads through, you know, LinkedIn lead ads or Facebook lead ads or something along those lines, even Google ads campaign that if that's the first time they've ever heard of you, is that Google ad? we're really doing a disservice to our salespeople because <clears throat> now they're working, you know, it's an uphill battle for them to try to overcome all these other big competitors that they may have heard of in the past. So I agree with everything you're saying in terms of, you know, where to spend your efforts. Um, you know, if, if you could afford to do it, you know, I would say, you know, even do 70, 30, right. And go further into that, you know, brand building, uh, you know, sort of strategies and activities, because ultimately that is going to, help the rest of your campaigns and your be more efficient and effective.
Yeah, a couple of that's come to my mind too, because I think we've seen, especially, um, you know, startup companies or companies that are coming into a market or a category that they've never had any presence before, but there's some established players in the play, in the, in the play, right? Already that's been playing for probably five, seven, 10 years. So in those instances, some of these brands that are coming into the picture who has no real brand, like you said, right? And they're advertising for a category name and also bidding on the competitor's name. What ends up happening is, like you said, cost per click is expensive. And, and even if you were to get the click, because you don't have the, the trust in the marketplace, you're probably going to get fewer conversions because people are more likely to choose a brand that already has established brand presence. And also, you can also you're also going to waste a lot of money bidding on your competitor's brand name only to divert traffic from some you know from your competitor to your website. But then they get frustrated that hey, that's not the site I was looking for. You just misled me to come to you. So, and all of which what you just described earlier is trying to measure the success using the KPIs of a performance based advertising campaign, but not really recognizing what you're doing is, is you're still not building a strong brand and you, you're not getting the benefit of actually a performance-based advertising either. And then you're, you're going to get frustrated and either call off your relationship with your agency or call it off paid search or paid media or search campaigns don't necessarily work. All of those things, right? All of the about is end up happening. And we see that time and time again. And then I know we had very tough conversation with clients explaining to them the difference between like, hey, you know, we're not opposed to the idea of you know be, you know doing brand you know competitive campaign or or going for the most expensive search term, but you do need to keep you know count the cost and recognize yeah. that you know your conversion rate is not going to be as high as your competitors uh, uh, right. who might have had an established market presence. People know that company. Right. Yeah. I mean, what we just described, right, about those um, those branded searches, that is kind of one KPI you could look at in the long term. I would look at things like, uh, again, average sales cycle, like sales velocity. Um, you know, I would look at uh, direct traffic and branded searches, all those kind of things like our indicators of um, people unknowing and understanding and like you said, trusting our brand, because that's a big thing. I mean, we see in our lives as consumers, right? The clothes, shirts you buy, the you know, shoes you buy, the stores you shop at, the technology you use in terms of, you know, laptops, phones, all those kind of things. Like someone could come out with a phone that's a hundred times better than iPhone, Android, all these kind of things. But as consumers, we're skeptical. And so there's going to be those early adapters that go out and buy it because they see all the features and they want to check it out. But the rest of, you know, the market is not going to transition over until first they see and they hear, you know, they heard from a friend, like they see the, the you know, I, I bought a new phone. I take it over to your house and I show you. And then you see, and then you see someone else and then you see someone else is like, you don't want to be screwed over by buying a, a cheap phone. Like you see it with cars and, you know, like I said, their shoot, anything like that on the B2C side, we see it all the time. That's why people buy from Amazon, right? It's because you know what you're going to expect. Uh, you know what that, like, you know, it's a trusted brand, you know, they have some sort of vetting process, you know, that you can get a return or a refund with no questions asked, you know, that it, you buy, it's going to ship to you in, you know, a day or less than a day. So that's why people do that. As you know, you trust, you know, the experience. And so it's no different on the B2B side. It's just different in how you go about <clears throat> making it happen. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer because it's a, it's a bigger sale that you're actually trying to make. There's more people involved. It's a little more complicated. So you look at that, right? And it's like, how do we get to that point where there's 207,000 people a month that are searching for HubSpot or 600,000 people a month that are searching for Salesforce? You have to remember going back to those short-term 
tactics, you can't look at short-term metrics, right? You're creating podcasts, you're creating webinars, you're creating content, you're blogging, you're posting on LinkedIn, all these sort of things. You're like, those are all things that you're doing in the short term. And as you mentioned, if you look for short-term metrics and you say, Hey, I posted on LinkedIn 50 times and I created, you know, 12 podcasts and I did this and I did that and I got zero customers, you'll, you'll shut it off, right? Almost everything that, that we do as a company and that again, successful marketing companies do are companies that are successful at marketing. If they were to look at those short-term metrics in the first six months or sometimes even the first year, um, they would, all of them would cancel their, their marketing. They would shut off the marketing spend because it's producing zero ROI, right? Those longer term brand building things. If you added up the math that it took, you know, it's a company like HubSpot and you looked at all the content they, they, they created over the years, you added up all the content writers and the staff in the marketing department. There's no way that that was profitable, right? So the short-term initiatives can help you float along and help sustain those long-term initiatives. But when you're really going to start to see that hockey stick style growth, uh, especially in the ROI category, that's going to, it's going to take some time and it's going to be much, much, much better than spending, you know, 10, 12, as we looked at $50 a click on a Google AdWords campaign, because, you know, you look at the cost of uh, a referral from a, a friend or a company that an employee used your software, one company, they go to another company and they bring it on because they had such a good experience, right? Like, that's what you're focusing on long-term is basically zero you know, cost of acquisition uh, versus something that's short-term sustainable that you can make the math work. It's never going to see that long-term growth that you're looking for. Yeah. And I think uh, consumer brands, especially the B2C companies, understand this concept a lot better than the B2B companies. And I think B2B companies have been kind of brainwashed to believe, don't waste your money on you know, all doing, you know, doing things that may not have an immediate impact on your top line growth. Well, it's one of the reasons that you see, you know, consumer brands, um, even in the tech industry, you see it more often, but uh, going out and raising capital, right? It's like, mm -hmm. they understand that that is the equation and we need to spend money long-term. Now, obviously a lot of companies that raise capital waste a lot of money too, because they didn't have to put much effort into earning that money and they're not under any pressure to get ROI in the short term. So I'm not saying go to that extreme, but you, you see that those companies are starting to understand this, which is why they go out and raise capital and heavily invest into both sales and marketing uh, because the sales can help float some of that short-term revenue. And then marketing, obviously, like I said, you have to focus on that long-term brand building. So hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed you know, this, this podcast, this episode. If there's any comments that you have or any thoughts of your own that you'd like to, to add in, certainly write us. Uh, we'd love to discuss it on a future episode. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight all right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.